Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Moses would say, I remember the time when I saw those millions of Jewish people here on that mountain and myself then serving God. And Moses would remember that was the sign, that was the token that God really has sent me. That's the issue, that God really has sent me. So let's look at it like this. Of all the things that Moses was gonna need in the future, why in the world did God choose the one issue of being sent? Why was this issue uh, more important than all the other issues. Why is this issue is different from all other issues? <laughs> really stands out unique, the issue of being sent. Because for all that Moses was going to need in the future, this was what God gave him the token or the sign for. Moses was like he was saying to Moses, 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 I gotta give you this token, I gotta give you this sign because I need you to have for yourself a constant confirmation, a constant assurance of one thing, one very simple thing, that I have sent you. Just like God could have given Moses, Moses, I wanna give you this chain to hang around your neck and this little, whatever it might be, a, a little thing on the chain. And he should say, he says, so Moses, so when it's really hard, you should look at the little thing around the chain and you remember that I sent you, that's the token. Well, God didn't give him a chain, God didn't give him a little thing around chain, but instead he gave him a memory. He gave him a memory, a photograph he takes in his mind of all the Jewish people standing there of him serving God, and it's just the same as if he was to take that little thing on the chain and look at it and, and remember, God sent me, God sent me. Because Moses, a leader, and God knew this, God knew that Moses, the leader, was gonna have lots of problems, lots of problems. Moses didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know what he was in for, but God knew what Moses was in for, and God's a good God. God's very, very good, and so he doesn't wanna, he's not, he doesn't want Moses to, he doesn't wanna push Moses over a cliff, and so he, he thinks, Moses, I mean, God thinks, he looks down the tunnel of time, he thinks of all, he sees them all, he sees all the problems, that Moses is gonna have. And he says, boy, it's good. So maybe God said, I feel really sorry for Moses, you know? No, I'm not just joking. No, but I mean, he looks down the tunnel of time, he sees all these things that Moses is gonna go through, and he says to, God says to himself, you know, lots of problems Moses is gonna have, but there's one problem that's gonna stand out above all other problems, and that was the problem that Moses was going to doubt whether or not I have really sent him. Moses, 
of everything that Moses is going to need in the future, Moses is going to need assurance that God has sent him, and he's going to need it. So what was the big problem that God knew about Moses that made it necessary for Moses to have this confirmation, the assurance that he really was sent by God. I mean, what was the problem? So what was the one basic problem that was gonna put Moses, poor Moses, in this position of having to have confirmation, of having to have continual confirmation, of having to have continual assurance that he really was sent by God. I mean, why would Moses need this continual personal assurance that he was really sent by God? Why, why? One simple answer, <laughs> because of the Jewish people. Because of the Jewish people, God knew that the Jewish people were going to make life miserable for Moses. God knew that the Jewish people were going to be hard on Moses. God knew that the Jewish people were going to rock Moses so much to his core that Moses was gonna sit there and say, am I, what am I doing here? Have I really been sent by God? And God saw this, and this was God's man, this was God's ambassador. This was God's friend, Moses was. And so, God, being the great God that he is, the great preparer, that's what all the creation is all about. You look at Genesis 1, you look at the six days of creation, it's all preparation, 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 preparation for man. I'll do this in advance for man. I'll give him the, the light, and I'll give him suns, moon, and stars for the signs in the sky. I'll give him water, I'll give him dry land, I'll give him Birds, I'll give them animals, I'll give them fish, I'll give them, I'll give them, I'll give them, I'll give them, give them vegetation and everything else. Why? Preparation. For finally, it's ready. Now, I'll put man in the earth that has been prepared for him. I'll even plant the garden, which is what he did. Prepared place for him to be in, for him to enjoy, for him to work, for him to meet with God in, all prepared by God. So in the same way, this preparing God now goes and looks in Moses as Moses needs great, great preparation. So what God was doing by giving him the token of the sign, he was preparing Moses for the rough times. And God saw those rough times ahead. And Moses is going to be severely accused. He's going to be severely questioned. He's going to be severely complained to. He's going to be severely pelted by the Jewish people. And one of the things that's going to continually come back in Moses' face is, have you really been sent by God? Moses is going to say to himself, have I really been sent by God? The people are going to say, have you really been sent by God to bring the Jewish people out of Egypt into Canaan? And these rough times and these things, these are the times that try the soul of Moses. And these rough times that Moses is going to face would be from his own Jewish people. It would be from God's people. It would be from the people that, that God calls my people. That's what happened. And the Jewish people would be so hard on Moses, unbelievable hard. You can't believe it. It's unbelievable how hard the Jewish people are gonna be on Moses that Moses would think in his mind, Pharaoh is a piece of cake compared to the Jewish people. Pharaoh was so much easier to deal with them. It was with Pharaoh, with his armies. Okay, you know, you deal with that. But the Jewish people, who could deal with these people? His own brother, Aaron, 
his own sister, Miriam. They're going to make life really hard on Moses. We saw that in our last study, that there was going to come a time when his own brother, Aaron, his own sister, Miriam, they were going to challenge Moses. They were going to accuse Moses. They were going to question Moses. Are you really sent by God? Are you really God's choice to make decisions for the people? Are you qualified to make choices for the people? Why, Moses, Moses, they would say, you just chose to marry a black woman, an Ethiopian woman. You just married an Ethiopian woman. That was a bad decision, Moses. How can you can't even make decisions on who to marry? How can you make decisions for the people? That was a hard time for Moses. This is his own brother and sister we're talking about. That was a hard time. Oh, God was angry with that. Oh, poor Miriam. <laughs> God says to Miriam, says, Miriam, you like white? You don't like black? I'll make you white like a leper, which he did. And then Moses felt terrible. It was his own sister. He runs to God and says, please heal her. And Moses and God said to Moses, if her father spit in her face, she'd have to stay outside the camp seven days, send her out of the camp for seven days, and he did. And then she was healed. This is all very traumatic. This is a lot of drama. This is a lot of adrenaline. This is a lot of difficulty for poor Moses. He's got to go through all this. And it wasn't just his brother and sister. It was the Jewish people. They were going to be so hard on Moses. They were going to challenge Moses' motives. They would challenge the motives of Moses, his intentions. There's going to be times, and God saw this. He's looking down the tunnel of time. He saw this when he gave him the token. But he says, but God was saying to himself, he said, oh, there's going to be times, I can see it right now, when the Jewish people are going to accuse Moses of wanting to make Jewish graves in the desert. He's going to accuse Moses of bringing into the wilderness the Jewish people so that there could be Jewish graves in the wilderness instead of having Jewish graves in Egypt. That's what they said to him in Exodus 14, 11, right in the beginning, right in the beginning of the whole, the whole Exodus, the whole exit. He says in Exodus 14, 11, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us, us dealt with dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? How many times did the Jewish people so crush Moses, and I mean really crush him with words such as, it was better for us in Egypt. It was better for us in Egypt. Oh, we had garlic, we had leeks, we had wonderful foods. Look what we got out here, this bland manna. So many times. Not like it says in Psalm 78 where it says, God commanded the clouds of heaven. He opened the doors of heaven and he rained down upon them manna for them to eat. Man did eat angel's food. It says that in Psalm 78. Did they say that? No, they said, we widowed them. Manna, take your manna. We want the leeks and the garlics in our life. It was better under the oppression of the Egyptians. That would crush Moses. Moses. He's given his life for these people, and this is what they do to him. God saw how those accusations that they were going to make were going to pierce Moses' heart like daggers, just right into this heart, and then twist them. The daggers is painful for Moses. 
Those accusations were going to hurt Moses to the core. They were going to hurt Moses so much that God could see there's going to be times for my friend, my man, my ambassador, Moses. There's going to be times when he will also be tempted to doubt. Am I really sent by God? Did God really send me? I, my, he needs a token. He needs a token. He needs a sign. I'll give him a sign. Moses was going to go through a severe temptation through discouragement. Moses is going to be squeezed so hard under this pressure of a discouragement. Why? The Jewish people. What were the Jewish people going to do to Moses that was going to discourage him so much? Oh, not much. They were just going to get to a point where they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. And Moses, when he realized they want to kill me, he's so beside himself. He's so discouraged. He's so distraught. He's so out of answers that he cries out to God. And again, this is very early in the whole Exodus, the whole, whole leaving of Egypt. In Exodus 17:4, we read, And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. So Moses was saying, what am I supposed to do? This people, they want to kill me. Kill me. I'm the one that brought the 10 plagues with my rod. Of course, you did, Lord, but I did that. And I'm the one who lifted up my rod and the Red Sea split. And they went across on dry ground. And then the rod and the Red Sea closed and it killed all their, the Egyptians, Pharaoh and all of his soldiers and army. I did that. They want to kill me, God. They want to kill me. Can you feel the, t the discouragement that Moses is under here? It's unbelievable. And God saw that there was going to be a time when the Jewish people would be so hard on Moses that Moses would actually come to a point in his life when he says, I'm ready to walk away. I'm ready to throw the towel in. There's going to be a time when Moses, and God could see all this when he gave them the token. And, and so he says, and, and there's going to be a time when the Jewish people brought Moses to the point where he would ask God, God, will you please kill me? God, I never wanted to die before, but I do now. Please, God, I can't take it one day longer. Kill me. Let me die. This would be a good time for me to die. This is what the point where he was brought to in Numbers 11, 11 through 15, where we read, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou should say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father beareth the sucking child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. Whence should I have flesh to give all this people? For they weep unto me. Oh, boy. Saying, give us flesh that we may eat. I'm not able to bear all this people alone because it's too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me. I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. 
Oh, that's a man who's been squeezed. That's a man who's at the end of his rope. That's a man, we feel so bad for Moses. I mean, what he's saying here, he's saying, this people, this Jewish people, you have afflicted me with this Jewish people. Better I should be afflicted by the Egyptian taskmasters. It would have been better for me than to be afflicted with these people, with the Jewish people. That's what he's saying. Why did you do this to me, God? Do you not like me? Have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest all the burden of all this people upon me? Moses felt this crushing burden. It was such a terrible burden on him from the people. And then he says, I, what am I? Am I their father? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to all these people so that you should say to me, in other words, am I their mother? Am I their father? So why do you say to me, God, that I'm supposed to carry them in my bosom? Why do you say to me, God, that like a nursing father, I'm supposed to bear the sucking child into the land which you swear unto their fathers? And this was the whole issue when they were saying, we don't want manna, we want flesh, give us flesh, 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 meat, meat, meat. And they were just incessant. And so Moses says, whence should I have flesh to give to all this people? And then it says, for they weep unto me. Oh, the crying of them, the whining of them, the incessant, we want, give us meat, give us meat. We're dying without meat. We hate this manna, give us meat, give us meat. And Moses was a sensitive man. And Moses cared. If he didn't care, it wouldn't bother him. Moses, and so this just tore Moses' heart apart because he said, they were weeping unto me and saying, give us flesh that we may eat. We're dying, Moses, we're dying. Give us, give us, give us. And this was really getting to Moses. And so he turns to God and he says, I can't do it. I'm ready to throw the towel in. I'm not able to bear all this people alone. This is too much, Lord. It's over the top. It's too heavy. I didn't realize I was signing up for this. I can't do it. And therefore he said, kill me. Just kill me. It'll be simpler. It'll be better. It'll be over. And that's where Moses was at. And it would not only be Moses that the Jewish people would make angry to the point of giving up, they would do that to God. God would say, God would come to a point where he would say, I'm ready to give up. God would come to a point where he would say, I am so angry, so hot against them that I'm gonna destroy them and God would be so angry and so ready to destroy them that Moses, they had to switch roles, that Moses would step in and calm God down in Exodus 32, 31 through 32, where it says, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee out of thy book, which thou hast written, so the Jewish people, boy, the Jewish people, they really know how to do it. The Jewish people would be so hard on God and so hard on Moses that God and Moses would have to work together. And whenever the Jewish people would be so hard on Moses that it would drive him to want to die, that God would talk to Moses and he would talk him out of it and he would calm Moses down. And whenever the Jewish people would make God so angry that he would want to destroy them 
then Moses would talk to God. He would talk God out of it and calm God down. I mean, they, the Jewish people, they had their way. They had their way of driving Moses to the point of wanting to die and of driving God to the point of wanting to destroy them. They had their way. As my wife says, <laughs> the Jewish people have a white way of driving a person crazy. <laughs> she speaks from her own experience. Well, the Jewish people, they're just like everybody else. I would tell her, the Jewish people are just like everyone else, only more so. <laughs> and um, when you see this, when you really see this, you will not see a greater display of the grace of God than we do in how God dealt with the Jewish people. You won't. You won't see a greater display of the grace of God than you will when you see it, God dealing with the Jewish people. You won't see a greater display of the mercy of God than we do in how God dealt with the Jewish people. You know, a lot of people, they like to, read the Bible, and they say, oh, the Jewish people, you know, get a romantic feeling, and say, oh, it's the people of God, and they kind of, I don't know why they don't see these things or something like that. I say, well, I don't know, those must have been those people, but oh, they're so wonderful. They're so, the holy people, <laughs> the holy people, the people of God, they look at it like that, and they don't really see it for what it is, but my recommendation is go to them. <laughs> Bring the gospel to them. Then you really see that what we are talking about here of the Jewish people in Exodus is the Jewish people of today, and you'll see the great grace of God, the great mercy of God, to call them my people. They're my people. See, he has some things to say about my people, but they're still his people. I mean, we feel sorry for God, and we would like to say to him, Lord, we feel very, very badly for, for the position that you're in, but nevertheless, they are his people, and you can't get away from that, the fact that this is the people of God. He says um, in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter one, the, whole, the book of Isaiah starts off, and he says, God speaking, he said, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. Oh, everybody's gotta listen. Heaven, earth, everybody stand up attention. This is God speaking. He says, listen up. And what's the message, God? We're all sitting here waiting. What's the message? The message is, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Oh, everybody's listening. God says, I've done everything to the Jewish people. I nourished them, I brought them up, and they rebelled against me. God's saying, I got bad kids. And he says, the ox knoweth his owner, the ass is master's crib, but Israel doth not know my people doth not consider. It's not that they don't just know, they won't even consider. They don't know that the Lord Jesus Christ is their God. They won't consider anything, not him. He says in verse four of Isaiah one, ah, oh, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, not just corrupted, but corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Then he says, and it says many things here, but one of the things he says is that, except in verse nine, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been like Sodom and Gomorrah, 
we should have been like unto Sodom. We should have been like unto Gomorrah. See, what he's saying here is he's saying, in spite of all this, I'm leaving in within you a very small remnant. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. 